Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg. Podcast. Recently, yields on the 10-year Treasury briefly surpassed a level not seen since 2008, and that movement helped push mortgage rates to their highest level since July of 2007. Those dates stand out in my mind as... Uh, they got to pop out there, don't you know, they, a little bit? Yeah. It's got <laughs> right me a little anxious. To, yeah, so July 2007 is just before things got real bad, mm-hmm. right? Prior to the, uh, we call it the mortgage crisis. And then 2008 wasn't good at all for most people. We saw, we call it drawdown, but drawdown is is peak to trough. So a lot of people think of the stock market, and people will quote a specific year, Kristen. They'll mm-hmm. say, like, oh, well, 2008 was really, really terrible. But if you track January 1, 2008 to December 31st, 2008, that's not the complete drop. The drop happened and started in late 2007, Mm -hmm. and it ended in early March of 2009. So if you go back and you look at, well, how much was the S&P actually down from the peak in 2007 to the trough in 2009? It was about a 51% loss. And so, yeah, there's a reason that when people hear about not so much 2007, they don't think of it that way, but 2008 Mm -hmm. and things that seem to be similar, we get a little bit nervous. And so this issue with the 10-year treasury peaking and mortgage rates peaking, I don't necessarily look at it as a, uh, oh, gee whiz, um, we're 100% guaranteed to have a, a crash like 2008 crash. But I am concerned about the economy. Now, the reason Mm -hmm. the interest rates are higher is because the treasuries are sort of predicting that the Fed will continue to raise rates because they need to. Mm -hmm. They need to in order to slow the economy down. So as they're raising rates, look at the new mortgages that are out there. So that's falling off a cliff. And so one of the things that people aren't doing right now is so maybe they went out and um, they had anticipated buying a home. Mm-hmm. But maybe they were anticipating buying a home back when their their rate on that home was going to be in the 3 to 4% range. Right. If it's now over 6%, that changes. I mean, for your average family, let's say you're just looking for a starter home, right? And mm-hmm. you're, I don't know what the average starter home is, but it's a lot more than it used to be yeah. 10, 10, 12 years ago. But, you know, let's say it's $400,000 for an average starter home now. But if you're working like most people do and, and you've budgeted for a home and you've budgeted for a mortgage, when interest rates go from, say, 3.5% to 6%, suddenly it doesn't fit your budget and now you're not going to buy that home. Maybe you'll just stick it out longer with what you were doing prior. Go to things like car sales, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Most people don't go pay cash for a car. So right. they are very interested in the interest rate that's associated with it. Well, if that rate on a car loan went from, say, 3% to 6%, Maybe they don't buy the car or maybe they buy something different or maybe they just make do. So all of these things, even though we're just talking about it sort of, well, hey, gee whiz, we haven't seen these levels since 2008. We need to think of them in terms of where is the economy likely to go and what is the stock market likely to do? Because as the economy slows down, what's going to happen is companies are going to start adjusting what they're predicting, right, for future sales. Mm -hmm. And they'll start to pull back on those numbers. And one of my big concerns with the market right now, even though we're off 20 plus going on 30% in markets, companies' projected earnings, they haven't lowered those projected earnings yet. And so what I think we're going to see is as companies are lowering their projected earnings because people are spending less because, frankly, they can't afford to because, again, the Fed is doing what the Fed wants to do. They want to slow this economy down. Companies are going to start lowering their earnings projections. And as they do, their stock prices are likely to fall. 
that's a very, very complicated way or maybe too much information for some of our listeners to say, if you're looking at your portfolio right now and you're bothered by how much you're down, I don't think the, if you want to call it pain, call it pain. If you want to call it volatility, call it volatility. I don't think that's over. Companies, I believe, are going to have to start pulling back on what they've projected their profits to be. And as they do, those share prices come down. So I think the market has room to move lower. We've been calling for this for a while. I know, gosh, Kristen, I don't know how many months ago, but we said, hey, listen, I think S&P might get down to 32 to 3,300. I'm still pretty confident with that. Again, I don't have a crystal ball, but maybe even lower. So if you feel like you're getting beat up right now, just ask yourself, do you, do you want to try to find a way to stop the bleeding you know they call it mm -hmm. stop the bleeding on there are you more of a hang in there person you don't care then yeah, i don't know make sure you got the right positions but just because the positions you rode down didn't do well it doesn't mean those are the same positions that are going to rebound the fastest so i think an evaluation of where you're at on your current investments whether it's your 401k your ira your individual account maybe you're working with an advisor who's just telling you to hang in there this is why we do analysis. We just want to inform people, this is where you're at right now. These are all of the investment options that are available to you. This is what got us to where we are right now in the market. This is what we think is likely to happen moving forward. But on our way down, this is how I would want to be invested. Mm -hmm. uh, on our way back up, because that eventually that will happen, this is how I would want to be invested based on the information we have today. If you'd like to find out more about Mike, who he is, the team of fiduciaries, and how they could help you, visit guardingyournesteg.com. Wharton finance professor and well-known economic pundit, Jeremy Siegel was asked on Yahoo Finance Live the other day what grade he would give the Fed on what they've done to combat inflation. A D, barely. <laughs> Why is that? Well, first of all, they're responsible for the inflation by being way too accommodative and way too late in their beginning of the tightening. And then I believe that they're going overboard in the other direction, or at least indicating by their uh, dot plot for 2023 that they're going to become tight for longer, which I think is going to be a big mistake on the other side. He also mentioned that supply chain issues are now only a very small part of the inflation problem. And the real trouble is excessive monetary expansion, something you've heard Mike talk about right here on this show. The money supply has expanded 40 percent from the pandemic to the present time, which is the greatest in U.S. history. And listen, inflation is the price of money. And if you supply too much of anything, its price is going to go down, and that is what inflation is. Now, if the Fed isn't addressing the real issue, and every time they speak, the market reacts, what can regular people listening to Guarding Your Nest Egg on the radio right now do to protect and grow their nest egg for retirement in an environment like this? You hear us talk about active management all the time. Hang in there. Strategies aren't working in this inflationary environment because people that are hanging in there are seeing their expenses, right? Their costs go up. So everything costs more, but they're also seeing their portfolios go down. So the spread between the two is getting wider and wider the longer that they just sit back and watch things happen. Now, maybe they're sitting back and watching or hanging in there because they don't know what to do. Maybe it's, maybe it's their 401k or their 403b or their TSA account. Maybe their investment options are very, very limited, but that's an area that we can help out with. Uh, there are typically plenty of options. I mean, they're limited, but there are options inside of 
retirement accounts, even if they're not actively managed, that would give you some protection, at least from market downside. It may not allow you to do well if markets are doing poorly, but uh, hopefully just, just help you sort of preserve where you're at and pick a better time to come back and play in the market or participate in the market. But these investment options, and Kristen, it's tons of the huge investment firms out there, the big banks, uh, these are household names. They've just got this blanket approach to investing. I can't say all the time, uh, but it seems like most of the time, and what I'm hearing is now they're doing this as well, is just saying, hey, listen, don't worry, you're diversified. Yeah, maybe you're off 20 or 30%, but eventually it'll come back. But Christian, when, when things started getting bad beginning of this year, Clients were calling these companies and going, hey, I need some help. Sometimes they didn't get a call back. Sometimes they did get a call back, and the answer was hang in there. Uh And then, hey, it didn't get better, so then they called again. Hey, what should we do about this? Don't worry, hang in there. So, you know, I think that's how those people became clients is because they were getting that feedback from who they were working with before. Well, they became clients, but it, you know, it's, it's easier for those firms to do business when markets are moving up, but when markets start moving down, they rely on the psychology of investing, which is... If you're down in your portfolio, you're reluctant to move. There's uh-huh. a psychology where you just kind of, all right, I'm down. I don't know what to do about it. I'm just going to trust in eventually it will come back. And, and they rely on that. And it's almost like bad markets make their clients stickier, meaning huh. like more likely to stay. Because their clients are getting confused, like, well, I'm already down, I don't know where to go, now I'm afraid to make a change, what if I jump out of the frying pan into the fire, you know, Uh all of that. It's a really interesting psychology to me, because most people would say, had they had advice on the front side, they would would much rather done something different. But now that they're already down, I'm just going to ride it out, and I'm going to wait until I get back to where I was before, and then I'll start making changes. And that will eventually happen, but how long is that going to take? Well, it could, have, it could eventually happen, but it depends on how they're invested. But True. it could take a really, really long time. And what's interesting about the psychology of it is, is you, you should be doing, in my opinion, the opposite of that. So if things aren't going well, I would want to know what all of my options are. If things aren't going well, I would want to educate myself. If things aren't going well and my advisor's giving me bad advice, hang in there, they didn't turn out because I was down five, I asked them. Then I was down 10, then I asked them. Now I'm down 20 or 30 and I keep asking them. They keep telling me the same thing. At some point, you have to say... Well, is there an alternative? Is there a way to invest? And and my answer would be there is. And I don't know what we could do for everyone. And we can't help every single person out there because sometimes people will walk in, frankly, Kristen, like, you know what? Your portfolio kicks butt. It is really awesome. And I would be happy to be your financial advisor, but I don't feel like I'd be providing any value at this point in time because what you've got is exactly what I would have done for you. So you really don't need us. Hmm. But unfortunately, that's not often the case. Usually it's, well... You kind of have a hang in their portfolio. You've got a bunch of bonds. Your advisor told you they were going to be okay, but they're going down because interest rates are going up. You've got a bunch of stocks because your advisor told you you were diversified. They keep telling you to hang in there. If you want to hang in there, Kristen, there are great hang in there companies that will build a very diversified, low cost portfolio for you. The first one that comes to mind to me is Vanguard, right? Mm-hmm. Vanguard is a phenomenal company. We're big fans. They don't do active management. But if you want to hang in there, just call it Vanguard, right? Get a very low-cost, diversified portfolio. If you're interested in active management, let us compare what we do to what you're doing and even to Vanguard. And my philosophy is if we can't do better than a great company like Vanguard, then you shouldn't work with us, right? You should just Mm -hmm. go there. But we have to be able to show we're providing value. We believe we can do it through active management. We have to make you more money net of any fee that we would charge you to manage your portfolio, 
make you more money than you could just do on your own. And I also believe we have to help you do it with less volatility. This is this is this is, this is guarding your nest egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and the station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or advisory services. Be sure to consult with a tax professional before implementing any investment strategy.